I can tell some of you are starting to like that song. You're kind of grooving along with it a little bit. I enjoy that. Um, yes, we're still going to have offering and communion, but we're kind of breaking up our service a little bit. We, we sang some songs about, about words, and uh, I'm going to start off uh, and, and go through my message about the words in the Bible. We're going to have our communion and our offering time, and then we're going to transition. They said I get to preach twice today, so I hope you had a good breakfast, and uh, let's get going. As we continue on this series of Unleashed, we're going to look at it through the lens of energy today. Um, most importantly, we're going to look at it through the lens of kinetic energy. Um, and what you need to know is I know nothing about kinetic energy. <laughs> okay? So I had to look some things up. I had to learn a little bit. But basically, it's the energy of motion. And when you think of kinetic energy, you might think of a skier skiing downhill, down the slopes, just back and forth on a slalom. Or, or maybe a roller coaster, it goes real slow and then it gets that, that forward momentum and it comes down fast down the hill and does the corkscrew and spins you around and leaves your stomach at the top. That's, that's good illustrations of kinetic energy. You may not necessarily think about the scriptures as being kinetic or even the church as being kinetic. But both of those things, God's word and his church, possess the power of change and the power of movement. And we're going to look at that today. We're going to begin, like I said, by looking at the Bible, because the words in this Bible, the words in the Bible have the power to influence us, to change our way of thinking, to challenge our thoughts and our actions. It's it's through the thinking and writings of men that nations have been born. Treaties have been issued. Religions have begun and challenged And it is through the unleashing of the Holy Spirit that men were inspired by God to write the greatest story ever told. And through the unleashing of the scriptures over 2,000 years after the ascension of Christ, we can read that story. And it is amazing. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you again just for the opportunity we have. And I pray that as we look at your word today, uh, that the, the, the kinetic energy, the momentum that comes from it uh, will challenge us. That, that your Holy Spirit will unleash us to move forward in this community uh, and in our world to, to make a difference and, and to set examples and to shine for you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. W.E. Sangster wrote this. He said, Centuries of experience have tested the Bible. It has passed through critical fires. No other volume has suffered. Its spiritual truth has endured the flames and come out without so much as the smell of smoke burning on it. Despite vast attempts at destruction, through relentless persecution across the ages and through the elements, and in spite of attacks from alleged scholars, the Bible has survived it all. It kind of reminds me of Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 8, where, where Isaiah says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen? And, and yet... Rulers, men like Diocletian, issued a decree that every Bible be surrendered and destroyed by fire. But today, the word of God stands. Though the church, as it were, in 1234, issued a decree that no one may possess the books of the Old and New Testament, and any people who were found with those, with any part of the Bible, would be burned at the stake. But but today, the word of God stands. You may have heard of a guy named Voltaire. He died in 1778, but before he died, he declared that, in, that within 100 years, people would only be able to find Bibles in museums. Oddly enough, it was his printing press that was later used to print the Bible. 
And, and the room that he worked in was also used to store Bibles. Because, say it with me, today the Word of God stands. Oh, some of you missed your cue. Let's do that again. Say it with me. The Word of God stands. Even though countries like Afghanistan, Burma, China, and many others have banned the Bible over the years. One more time, say it with me. The Word of God stands. Albert Baird Cummings said this about the Word of God. He said, The empire of Caesar is gone. The legions of Rome are smoldering in the dust. The avalanches of Napoleon hurled upon Europe have melted away. The prince of the pharaohs has fallen. The pyramids that they raised to be their tombs are sinking every day in the desert. Tyre is a rock for bleaching fishermen's nets. Sidon has scarcely left a wreck behind, but the word of God still survives. All things that threaten to extinguish it have only aided it. And it proves every day how transient is the noblest monument that men can build, yet how enduring is the least word that God has spoken. The fact that the Bible has withstood such scrutiny... And time after time, there have been dictators and rulers and countries that have tried and still continue to try and annihilate its existence, yet it remains. That alone should cause an unleashed kinetic reaction in the life of every Christian. But what makes the Bible truly remarkable is its power to change. Because if you read it and if you apply it to your life, it has the ability to move us, to challenge us, to change us. And that cannot be matched by anything that this world has to offer. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You see, from the promise of Abraham to have descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore, to Moses bringing the Israelites out of slavery and crossing the Red Sea on dry ground, to David defeating Goliath. The stories continue. An angel coming to Mary to tell her the good news that she would carry the Messiah, the teachings of Jesus Jesus and his miracles. Even the gospel message of Jesus dying on the cross to be raised again so that we might one day choose to live for him. You see, the Bible is different from any other book in history. It's different because it's more than just written pages put together. It is the living, breathing, active Word of God. Brothers and sisters, a living Word like this has the potential to release energy and the Bible has the potential, has the potential to move you, so to speak. Do you want to know how to have a better marriage? Read the Bible and allow it to change you. Do you want to know how to be a better, a better parent? See, this one's for you guys. See, I'm batting for you teenagers. You want to know how to be a better parent? Read the Bible. Allow it to change you. Do you want to know how to be a better child? Read the Bible. Number five is in here, guys. Honor your mother and father. It's the first commandment with a promise that you will live long. See, God wrote it that way for a reason. Do you want to know how to be a better friend? How to have better relationships? Read the Bible and allow it to change your perspective on your relationships. Do you want to know how you should treat your boss and maybe the people that you work with? Not how you want to treat them. (laughs) How you should treat them. Read the Bible. Allow it to change you. 
Do you really want to know how to live in, in an unholy world successfully as a Christian? Read the Bible. Allow it to change you. Do you, know what it want, do you want to know what it means to be a Christian? Read the Bible and allow it to change you. You can listen to me talk all day long if you had the time. But if you really want to know about these things, you've got to do this for yourself. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Do you really want to make a difference in a community, in the world, to pick up your cross and to follow him? Read the Bible. See the cost. Count the cost. Pick up your cross and let his word and his example move you. It's all in here, I promise. It's in here. If, if we let it, the word of God has the power to change us. However, many times... We let this sit in our cars after bringing it to Sunday school and church. You know what that's called? Potential energy. When you, when you take something like this that has, has power, has the energy to change, and we just set it aside and it just sits by itself, there's potential energy sitting there waiting to be unleashed in our lives, and, and we just set it aside and we forget about it for a week. That's what many of our Bibles have become. Nothing more than, than pages filled with potential energy. I pray that this will no longer be the case in our lives. If you're struggling with, I don't know how to read the Bible, just open it. It's not hard. But that's what I hear a lot. I don't know how to study the Bible. Just read it first. Read it, and then you can start studying it. But if you don't ever open it, it's not ever going to matter. Don't let your Bible just become potential energy. I pray it will no longer be the case in our lives. His promises are in here. Do you believe Him? His commands are in here. Are we following them? My favorite one, His grace is explained in here. Man, I want to be covered in that. I need to be covered in that every day of my life. You see, the Bible has the energy to move us, to change us from sinner to saint, from being lost to being saved, from one condemned to hell to one whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18 says, Therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. And that promise is in here. It's for every one of us. Brothers and sisters, the Bible can only change you if you're using it. Kinetic energy has to have a starting point. It has to have a hill. It has to have a push. It has to have something that's a starting point. And that starting point is you and I picking this up and getting in his word. That's our starting point. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 119, Verse 105 through 106. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and I have confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. We're going to take a minute. We're going to celebrate our communion and our offering time now. Think on these things. Men, women, and children have been tortured 
and turned over to violent deaths just for the possession of this book. Why? Because this book is powerful and it's full of energy. As Peter said to Jesus in John 6, verses, uh, verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. These are the words of eternal life. Are you using them? As we continue looking at kinetic energy today, we're going to return to the book of Acts. And, and what I want you to do is I want you to turn to Acts chapter 13. And I just want you to put a bookmark in it. Because I'm going to talk around it and about it, but I'm not going to really read through it. Because there's a lot in there. And I want to challenge you that, that as you go home this week, you'll do that. Okay? Because you need to check me and make sure I'm not just making stuff up. So in Acts chapter 13, the kinetic energy of the gospel is about to be unleashed on Barnabas and Paul. They've been set apart to advance the gospel, to go out as missionaries, if you will. And so, so think on this and think about the kinetic energy that I'm talking about today as you read this chapter this week. I want to challenge you to read it. And, and you will see in reading it that the church, once it was unleashed, could not be stopped. Even though the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin tried to deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the church would still be established. And though the Jews denied and they even resisted reaching out to Gentiles and to other non-Jewish people, the message of Christ and His church would go on to be established. You see, Christ made a promise about His church in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Even though Nero lit Christians on fire to light up his garden, Jesus Christ built His church and the gates of Hades did not overcome it. A man named Diocletian once banned Christianity and he commanded anyone that was a Christian to be sacrificed to his gods, resulting in the death of over 20,000 Christians during his reign. But Christ built his church and the gates of Hades did not overcome it. The Pope decreed crusades and burned preachers of the Reformation at the stake. But you know what? Christ built his church and say it with me. The gates of Hades did not overcome it. Do you believe that? Let's say that one more time. Christ built his church and the gates of Hades did not overcome it. In the 17th century, Christianity was banned in China. Yet Christ built his church and the gates of Hades did not overcome it. And even today, there are more than 51 nations who have restricted Christianity. We just celebrated our freedom as a country. And yet 51 nations have restricted Christianity. Some of them maybe haven't banned it altogether, but they've restricted it in some form or fashion. But you know what? Christ is still building his church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Brothers and sisters, tomorrow if we wake up and Christianity is illegal in America, guess what? Our God, our King, will continue to build His church because, make no mistake, nothing will overcome His church. Whether you're active in it or not. And if those things are not a sobering thought, I don't know what is. Because the coolest thing ever is that we are part of an everlasting kingdom. One that is more glorious than any kingdom that's ever been established or conceived by man.
And that's one of the coolest things about his church, about Christ's church. It's universal. You see, Christ's church, this church that he has built, that the gates of Hades will not overcome, this church meets when our kids in the state of Alabama gather at the camp, at Alabama Christian Service Camp. You see, Christ's church meets when our kids get in a van and gather up at a college and a campus somewhere across the country for a CIY move. There you go. Go ahead. They know. They know what's coming. Christ Church, it met earlier today in London. And, and the next slide is, is Mitzi and I are on top of a church there in London. And, and his church met there today. And, and we're standing on that, on that building. And in the next slide, you're going to see the youth that were gathered that were part of his church. This church that I'm talking about. Christ Church is gathered in Haiti right now as we speak and will probably be gathered there for hours after we've gone to lunch today. Okay, Those of you who've been with me know. Christ Church is gathering in Ecuador and Colorado and Hawaii and so on. Because his kingdom, this kingdom that he's established, that, that Hades will not overcome, is universal. And that is one of the most beautiful and humbling experiences, brothers and sisters. Let me just encourage you, when you have the opportunity to travel and worship and meet with other believers, do it. Because it gives you a great respect for the depth of the body of Christ. His kingdom is bigger than our building. I hope you know that. I hope hope you believe that. I hope you want to act on that. The, the depth of the body of Christ is, is unfathomable sometimes. And, and no, matter, no matter what nationality, no matter what skin color, no matter what language, I love worshiping in Haiti. One, they let me sing as loud as I want. And even though I don't know the language, you can kind of pick up the tune. And so we're singing in English and they're singing in Creole. And it's amazing. And I love that. Language doesn't matter. We can gather together with a common bond because we serve a risen Savior that has promised His church will be an unstoppable force. That's the kinetic energy behind these words. That's that's the kinetic unleashed in us. We are part of an unstoppable force. It's been proven. No man can stop the kinetic energy that Christ has unleashed in His church. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Kings have tried to establish their own churches. Governments have tried and continue to deny its very existence, but they labor in vain. What an amazing opportunity we have to be a part of the kingdom of God. But the question I need to ask is, are you, as an individual, really using the energy that he has empowered his church with? Earlier, I opened up, I spoke of the kinetic energy referring to a skier skiing down the slopes, uh, you know, kind of doing a slalom. But what I've realized over the years is many of us aren't, aren't using the kinetic energy that Christ has enabled us with. Instead, we're, we're stuck with that potential energy. We're kind of stuck there. So I want to know, are, are you standing on the edge of the ski slope looking down? And maybe, maybe you look at this and, and that's what it's, it reminds you of. You, you look at the Word of God and you're like, I can't tackle that. I, can't, I don't even know where to start. You're looking down this ski slope and you're not moving. All you have to do is, is tip forward a little bit and you've got potential energy that's going to be unleashed. Even if you don't know how to ski, you will get down that hill fast. 
That's potential energy. That's where many Christians stay. We, we have the power, but we're afraid to open it up. We're afraid to put it in our lives. We're afraid to unleash it. And, and even though we've been unleashed with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we stand there looking over the edge with only the potential energy. I don't want Huntsville Christian Church. I don't want us to be a church with potential energy. Make no mistake, the kingdom of God, his church is kinetic and his kingdom will move forward with or without us. The question is, where will you fall? Where will you stand? Where will you be when that time comes? Here at Huntsville Christian Church, the leadership, we don't want a church that's hanging out in the ski lodge, so to speak, sipping hot cocoa with our feet up by the fire, missing out on the kinetic energy. I understand there are things you can't be involved in. I understand that physically or, or because of your schedule. But that doesn't mean that you get to sit back and watch the energy move past you. We're going to give you opportunities. We, we try to give you opportunities to serve and get involved with that kinetic energy here at Huntsville Christian Church. From things like serving in the nursery or, or our vacation Bible school that we just had. A ton of you showed up for that to help out. And that, that's amazing. I want to encourage that. Um, getting involved in Bible studies. Getting involved locally in our community with events. And getting involved in our camp in the state. Getting involved globally with our missions ministry. You may be sitting there saying, I can't do some of those things. I just don't have it in me anymore. And that, I'm too old or I'm, I'm too young or I don't know what to do. And You know what, that's okay. But instead of sitting in the lodge drinking hot cocoa, get out there and cheer those on who are doing it. If you can't physically do it, you can encourage somebody who is. Maybe you can't help out with Vacation Bible School. We had a lot of people that said, hey, I can't help out, but you know what? Everything we put out on our board was provided for. That's the kinetic energy. That's everybody. That's all hands on deck. Everybody doing something. Maybe you can't teach Sunday school, but you could always provide a special breakfast treat for a class like the college young adult class. (laughs) See what I did there, Joe? That's for us right there. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, maybe, maybe you just can't teach. Maybe you can step in and, and give a teacher a break for a little bit. Maybe you, could spend, oh, you can't spend a week or two at camp, but you can mow the grass for someone who is. Huh? Good one, huh, Andy? See? See, I did that for you. You camped that whole week. Somebody can mow your grass. Maybe you can't go to Africa or New Zealand or Ecuador or Haiti, but you can write a check. You can help send somebody who can. You can help send the tools that are needed, the materials that are needed to build, and, and, and Bibles that are written in Creole and, and different languages. You can help do that. As we move forward, as, as we follow this path that Christ has set out for us so that his church will, not, will overcome Hades, we, th- this kinetic energy, it requires movement. And, and, and the problem is that sometimes there are energy stoppers. They're just energy stoppers, and that can't be tolerated. We can no longer sit by and just suck up the energy of Christ's advancing church. We can't, we can't do that. As we move, we expect our members to, and, and to be active, and our churchgoers to not be energy suckers, but to be, to be moving forward. Uh, for example, if you have a kid in our Galaxy Kids program, you'll be expected to volunteer. We're not going to throw you to the, to the junior hires without any support, Okay. It's not what I'm saying. But, but if you've got kids in the things we're doing, we need help there. 
You have a kid in our, in our, in our, our, uh, our fusion youth group. Uh, we have a meal rotation. We need help driving them sometimes to local events. Parents, that's, that's where we get you guys involved in what we're doing with your kids. Maybe you attend a Bible study. All right. We need people that are willing to step in and serve in a class so that some of our teachers can sit down and be fed in Sunday school. Some of our, our student teachers can go and be with big people for a couple weeks. We've, we've got some student teachers that are amazing that have been teaching fifth grade and under for like 42 years. And the only time they get to see adults is on family Sunday. And they come in and they're like, oh, it's family. It's big people. I don't have to wipe anybody's nose. You got to wake our husbands up, but they don't have to wipe anybody's nose. You know, step in. Take a couple of weeks. All hands on deck. Help out. Allow others to be refreshed with this energy from his word. As a member of Christ's church, how are you serving? Better yet, how are you advancing the gospel when you're not here serving? There are going to be times when only a few people can be involved in an activity. Uh, We showed pictures of CIY Move. It's for senior high students, and and there's usually just a few adults that go. But you know what? There's, There's a lot of assistance that can be done there. Things like prayer. If, even though you're not going, you can make a commitment to pray every single day of that week for safe travel because Andy's driving, for time, <laughs> time spent with the group as, as they build relationships. Be prayer warriors. Pray over that group. There are times as we move forward that, like I said, all hands on deck will be required. You're going to hear that more and more. We have kind of set up as a church to alternate over the course of a year service and outreach outreach projects. Each quarter, we kind of focus on one or the other. Uh, For example, uh, during October, we do trunk or treat. That's outreach. It's something we do for the community. And in, in December, we do Christmas prayers. It's a service to the families that are in our community. We can help them out. And you might say, you know what, that's not fair. I want to come and I want to enjoy my hot cocoa in the ski lodge. And, and I want to go home feeling good and rested and, and refreshed. But you know what? I, as, I've, as I've been in ministry and in family ministry and now in, in uh, big guy ministry, as they call it, I, I grew up to be a real preacher finally. <laughs> I've realized that, that everything we do in life has requirements. I just signed Dylan up for football and they trick you. We sign him up for football. They said, here's his shoulder pads. You'll get the uniform. Here's the mouthpiece, the helmet. You get all the stuff. And, and here's your packet. And I open up the packet. There's 25 tickets in there. I said, what are these? They said, oh, you just bought those. That's the raffle that everybody's required to be a part of. It's part of your registration fee for football. I thought, how ingenious. They said, well, you can sell it or you can just put your name on it and you're in for a $500 raffle. So whether I want to or not, I just sold 25 tickets to a raffle to support his football team. It was a requirement. They say, not only that, you get to work at the football game. Everybody has to work at a couple of football games, all the parents. I'm like, man, I thought I was just going to dump him off and let him play football. (laughs) Pick him back up. Everything we do has a requirement. Our kids' sports, the extracurricular clubs that our kids are in, the things that you're involved in, your clubs, your hobbies, Uh, Things like karate and and the different activities you're involved in has expectations. Why should the church be any different? If we're going to advance the gates of hell, if we're going to stand on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ, why can we think that we shouldn't have 
expectations. And, and, and honestly, I think our expectations should be way higher than just serving at the concession stand once in a while. You, you might still say, with all that, so what? Let's look at the Bible. What it says about being a part of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13, it says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Scripture goes on to explain that we all have a work to do. And that that no one part of the body is more more important than any other. So the first thing we won't allow are energy suckers. We're not going to allow you to just sit here and absorb up the energy as we move forward. And the next thing we're not going to allow are energy zappers. And you're probably thinking, well, those sound a lot the same, but they're not. And I'm going to introduce to you the, the concept of an energy zapper through this illustration. A parent got really frustrated with the amount of homework that their son had. And said so the problem was that, that the kid was coming home with several hours of homework. And, and every teacher thought the subject that he or she was teaching was the most important subject. And so therefore, their homework was the most important one. So the student ends up with all this homework each night because none of the teachers were communicating And and even if they were, it didn't matter because they all thought what they were teaching was the most important thing. That's how it is in church sometimes. We we get caught up in thinking that that what we're doing is more religious than what other people are doing. Sometimes we get caught up in thinking that our ministry or our activity is more important than someone else's. And that what we're involved in is better and, and that everybody should support it. That's the energy zapper, because that's something that begins with the heart. You see, we let Satan get a foothold, and then before you know it, we start out trying to do something good, but we get so, so inward-focused, we start to gossip or be jealous about somebody. We start to allow bitterness to come out, or selfishness or haughtiness. It starts to creep in, and before we know it, we're an energy zapper. It's like a big, huge, kinetic roadblock. Everything stops. Energy zappers sit in a ski lodge and gossip and judge others who are skiing while they're drinking their hot cocoa. And you know, they can cause more damage than energy suckers because they actually end up undermining and going against the work of others who are serving and doing things. They say things like, did you see what she was wearing to church today? Or did you hear that special music? They were just showing off. I'll just have you know, I had my mic off when I was back there singing, okay? I'm not allowed. It's okay. They're much better at it than I am. I I don't know why they let that guy serve communion. Did you see what he was wearing? Oh, sometimes we just sit back and we talk about the events and the people at church. We question people's motives and we don't even really know what we're doing. But the whole time we're just undermining people who are out there on the ski slopes, people who are out there making a difference and serving. And so the question that you need to answer today is where do you stand? Are you standing on the slopes, looking over the edge, fearful to to push off and to to get some of that forward momentum and that kinetic energy going for Jesus Christ? Or, Or are you sitting in the ski lodge with your cocoa and your feet up by the fire watching that kinetic energy pass you by? Or maybe you're one of the energy suckers. You're just kind of just kind of in the way you come, you sit, you give a little but but you're not investing your time and your talents in the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, it's time to get involved. All hands on deck. Don't be an energy zapper. Nothing is more important, excuse me, nothing is important uh, unless you're involved and, and no one's doing a good job unless it's you 
It's time to ask God to change your heart. All of our ministries that we do here are, are important. All of you that are, there's hands and there's feet and there's hearts and there's eyes and there's knees and elbows and, and there's people behind the scenes. That's what we need. We need a whole congregation of all those parts so that we can make up one major Christian soldier body that's going to go out and take this world for Jesus Christ. At Huntsville Christian Church, we don't want you to be energy suckers or energy zappers. We want you to be conduits of this kinetic energy. We want you to let it flow through you and out into your workplace and into your families and into your schools and into your your community. We don't want to stop it. We don't want to slow it down. We want to move forward with the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Christ's kingdom is moving. And the question is, are you going to take up space and get in the way? Or are you willing to move forward with it? And are you willing to move forward with it and for it? Those are the questions. I've put a lot at you guys today about kinetic energy and about the, the, the church of Jesus Christ advancing on the gates of Hades. And some of you may have never had these thoughts before. And you're going, man, I don't even know what to do next. It starts with just starting to read this and starting to understand it and asking questions. I don't know where you all are individually, but if you need prayer, our elders are here. If you want to get started with some accountability, come on up. Maybe you're ready for baptism. You're ready to say, you know what, I got I to start with the basic armor and, and go from there so that I can be a part of that amazing Christian army that's going to advance on this world and make a difference. If you have a decision, please make it. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till the week after. God's kingdom is moving forward. And we all have the opportunity to be a part of it. Will you stand and sing with us?